0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Ron is now officially on his way to Baltimore. He made us late in the last segment. We forgive him for that. (laughs) I didn't hear the car horn, by the way. They are supposed to beep, right? We do, but let's get right out to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. Sorry, uh, I apologize. Jay Skursky from the Buffalo News, we're a little late getting to you. Obviously, the Bills game, uh, especially depending on how things shake out up until the Bills game, is of great interest to people here in Pittsburgh, Jay Skurski from the Buffalo News covers the Bills. Jay, I grew up in Buffalo. I was a Bills season ticket holder. I had my guts, my eyes, and my heart ripped out several different times. Tell me why I shouldn't believe that's going to happen to the Bills in Miami. Of course, everybody here wants the Bills to lose this game.
2: Right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's the potential that they get in, of course, before the the game even kicks off, that would, you know, take a Steelers loss or a, or a Jaguars loss. And, and I do think the Titans in that spot uh, could potentially come through for the bills. But if that doesn't happen, you're right. There is uh, going to be an immense amount of pressure on the bills uh, given that it's a, a very unusual circumstance in that if they win, they're the number two seed. And if they lose and those, uh, previous two results don't happen for them they are out of the playoffs entirely which is i know it's happened before but it's certainly unusual so uh i would say recent history against the dolphins would suggest that the bills have a good chance in that game They, they you know josh allen is nine and two uh in his career against miami his numbers are magnificent uh the two losses that he has had have both come in miami they've both been very close games that certainly could have gone either way uh And then obviously, you know, we have to, you know, quickly discuss the the Dolphins injuries and they are uh, it's a lengthy list and they are substantial injuries to key uh, starters or key contributors really on both sides of the ball for Miami. So I I think those are are the things that you have to look at when you're analyzing this game and and wondering from a from a Bills perspective, you know, how do how do they get this done? I mean, I think, you know, there, there there are certainly things that are working in their in their favor going into this game.
1: From what you're hearing, seeing, let's talk about that Dolphins list. I mean, even Tyreek Hill, I've seen people wonder about him. Is Tua completely healthy? Is Jalen Ramsey completely healthy? What's your understanding of how that Dolphins list goes and who might miss the game for them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Raheem Mostert, uh, Jalen Waddle on offense, uh, The you know, I, I think are probably going to be unlikely. I mean, we'll have to see what they do today at practice. Uh, but they have not been able to practice uh, the first two two days of this practice week, and then the offensive line and several several key players on the offensive line are on the injury report. A, a lot of them in limited fashion. We don't know exactly what that means in terms of you know just how much they've been able to do in practice. I think you can safely say that they are they are certainly not going to be near 100% along the offensive line, even if all of those players are able. To, to play, you wonder how impactful they'll be. And then defensively, I mean, the loss of Bradley Chubb last week against Baltimore already uh, being without Jalen Phillips, I think is, is huge for their, for their path rush. And then you look at the secondary and Xavier Howard, uh, who has, you know, been a, a really nice player for a long time for them. And then you, know, you had Jalen Ramsey next to him. You added that you, you, you know, if you were Miami, you really liked that pairing at, at cornerback. Xavier Howard's not going to be able to play with a foot injury. And, you know, the Bills, I mentioned the success that Josh Allen has had against Miami in the past. Uh, Stefan Diggs has been pretty quiet here lately for the Bills. He's had a, a, an overall really nice season, but it was really at the beginning when he put up big numbers. You wonder if Howard is out, does that mean Jalen Ramsey shadows Stefan Diggs mm. Uh, for most of the game, and if so, what does that mean for the other Bills receivers, Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, even James Cook, their running back in the passing game? So a lot, a lot of questions that I think Miami has to answer because of all those injuries.
1: I know, Jay, but you're from Buffalo. I'm looking at your Twitter bio right now. Do you play golf, by the way?
2: I do. Yeah, I play a lot of golf. That's uh, that's kind of my. My hobby, my passion, and uh, my son, who is nine, is uh, he's a good little player as well. So it's uh, been a lot of fun to introduce him to the game. Where do you play in Florida? I was just
1: in Florida, and now I'm a hopeless golf addict within the past two years. <laughs> this is an aside, I realize, but I'm trying to get invited to play golf with you in Florida at some point.
2: Yeah, well, I'm going to be staying in the West Palm area, and so whenever you're in the West Palm area, PGA National is a a pretty good spot. They've got Mm. four or five courses there, uh, host the PGA Tour event every year. Uh, So that's one of my favorite places to uh, to visit when I'm in Florida. All right. We'll be in
1: contact over that. You're a (laughs) St. Francis grad, so you're from Buffalo.
2: I'm from Buffalo.
1: I'm an Amherst High School graduate. I lived there for 25 years. You and I both know that if there has not yet been invented a way to torturously lose a football game, the Bills will find it. That could happen Sunday night, right? They, they, yes. they, they could outgain Miami 500 to 130 and find a way to lose. We know that, right?
2: It, it has happened before. I think they gained 500 yards last year against Miami and lost the game uh, down there. It was about 95 degrees, and I'm sure it was even hotter than that on the field. Uh, the game was in September. Obviously, weather will be different this year, but in terms of you know painstaking ways to lose, the Bills have, certainly had their fair share, obviously in their history, but even this season they have found uh inventive, terrible ways to lose. Uh you know, to <laughs> Philadelphia, to <laughs> New England, uh, to Denver. I mean yes. any of those games goes differently and they're already in the postseason. Uh so yeah, they you know, they certainly have uh had their fair share of those types of losses. And, yeah, the reality is that absolutely they could they could lose this game and miss out on the playoffs with the, I want to say, third-best Super Bowl odds right now, which is just wow. crazy.
1: Wow. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, if the two favorites win in these games, the Steelers and the Bills, then we're coming to Buffalo next weekend. So yeah. tell us yeah. just briefly about the state of the Bills. They seem healthy. They've been winning games, although I've watched their past two, certainly not comfortably against bad teams. What is the state of the Bills right now? Are, are they, they, they seem beatable.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they're finding ways to win, right? They're, probably their two best games of the year. The first one was against Miami in week four, and then they played Dallas, uh, I want to say, three weeks ago, and they looked great in that game. Mm. Uh, ran the ball all over the field with James Cook. He looked like Thurman Thomas. I'll give you a throwback bill there uh, in that game. 180 yards, 220, I think total from scrimmage. But you're right. It looked it, after that game. It looked like, man, this train is really rolling and this team is going to be hard to stop. Then they go to Los Angeles on a short week and it's just not there. You know, they they struggle to beat a a pretty bad Chargers team. They come home and the defense, you know, gives them great field position. Uh, The offense, great field position against New England, and they're really not able to take advantage of it. And that game ended up being a lot closer than what it should have been, given the way that the defense played at the beginning. So uh, I I still think, though, that they are a dangerous team. I don't think they're a team that anybody's going to really necessarily want to face in the playoffs. Josh Allen is a big reason for that, even though I don't think he's been as sharp lately uh, as we've sort of come to expect, and then the thing that I think has gone maybe a little bit under the radar here is that they are getting a little healthier on defense, and I think they've been playing really well defensively, honestly. And they're starting to take the ball away. And when the defense can do that and give you know Allen and the offense short fields, I think more times than not they are going to cash those those short fields in on, in touchdowns. And so I think you know that's what makes them a dangerous team if they get those free possessions from the defense. And, uh, you know, are they beatable? Absolutely. They have not played like world beaters the last couple of weeks. But, again, I still think that they're a pretty dangerous team, one that a lot of teams in the playoffs would not want to necessarily see.
1: Jay, thanks for taking the time, man. And if this does come to pass, and it very well might, perhaps we can talk next week. I appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for having me. Jay Skursky from the Buffalo News. Sean, it didn't sound like he really wants me as a golf partner. And it sounds like he's playing on a pretty nice course down there in Florida, doesn't it?
3: Maybe, maybe you just have to keep chipping away, and then he'll eventually succumb.
1: No pun intended? Or pun intended there? Pun intended. Yeah. Nice man. And I think, even though I'm picking Miami, I, I think that's my own traumatic history making that pick. The reasonable pick here is Buffalo that they usually beat the Dolphins. Josh Allen plays great against Miami. The one time they lost, he mentioned it, was last year. Great game, but the Bills went up and down the field. They got 500. How many teams get 500 yards in the NFL and lose? They lost in Miami on a 500-yard day. So really, the reasonable side of me says that the Bills are going to win and the Steelers are playing half of a Ravens team. So if those two teams win, Bills and Steelers, we're headed to Buffalo, Sean. And during this upcoming very brief intermission, I'm going to go down the hallway and ask my boss if Cookie and myself and Chris Hoke can do a show in Buffalo next Friday. You like that idea? That sounds good to me. Would you like to produce that show? I will be producing next Friday. Let's get Jay Skirsky on again. The more we get him on, the better chance I have to play golf with him. That's
3: a good point, yeah. He seemed up for the the notion of coming back on the show.
1: Tremendously nice man. Did he say goodbye?
3: No, he hung up too eh, quickly. That's a little worrisome, but that's yeah, okay. A, yeah,
1: I'm sure he meant it though. Let's get back to Aliquippa for a second here, because this is a hot topic, and I don't trust the P.I.A.A. on anything. Our very own Dan Zangrilli uh, tweeted out, you know, that the, the one of the points of contention here is the number of transfers allegedly at Aliquippa. 23. The PIAA says, uh, Zangrilli says, here's the latest on the Aliquippa situation. I'm told the transfer number is likely five, according to an official with knowledge. 23 is obviously not correct, but five is still far above the allotted three. I don't know. Is five far above three? You only have to go four. It's the only one in between there, Sean, right?
3: It's above. Far seems a little bit much.
1: Yeah. Far, uh three and f- I had always considered three and five to be very close together under any circumstance. in
3: proximity. Yes.
1: Uh, per competitive balance rules. Dan says leaves little recourse to win an appeal. Here's my argument. Then if this is true, if I'm Aliquippa, I would say the case against us is so egregiously misrepresented with 23 transfers that you need to throw it out. And if you think we still have five, then you need to prove every single one of those beyond a reasonable doubt. And until you do, and until we have uh, lengthy hearings on each, we'll continue in the classification we're in. Thank you, PIAA. That would be my take on that.
3: You? And again, I'm sure that you can probably, if you really dig, find evidence of other schools that had three or more transfers that weren't dinged on this. But again, it's it seems almost selective when it's being applied and Alaquipa has been on the wrong end of it a couple of times. Now again, they were in 3A, forced to play in 4A. This is the second time that seemingly barring the appeal, they'll be forced to play up another classification beyond their desires.
1: They're being punished here is the way I read it, until somebody proves me differently. Any more calls on that topic?
3: We have a couple. Uh one who I believe is a coach in the area, Mark, coming via Beaver County.
1: Hi, Mark. Hello. What's up? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, I coach these kids when they were young. Uh, the Aliquippa 9, 10, kids? 11,
2: 12. Yep, out of Potter Raccoon. Okay. Um, we had probably 30 of them. We went undefeated every year we had these kids. They're just good.
0: Um, I think people are getting jealous. There's no way there's 23 transfer
2: students. I don't know where that came from. I just want to let you know that I – my well, it, it seems so
1: egregious, the number, from from everyone I'm hearing. And again, I, I plead ignorance. I don't follow high school football closely at all. But the number is so egregious. And what it does it, it, is it points to Aliquippa, even in, just the case itself, never mind who wins or where they play next year, just bringing up and putting the number 23 in there sort of undermines them and discredits them, says they're winning because of that instead of they're winning because of people maybe like you. Maybe they're winning because from the grassroots, they, 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 they coach, train football players better than anybody else. Maybe that's the reason. And just putting that number 23 in there, and if it's as egregiously wrong as people like Zangrilli and others have said, then shame on the PIAA for putting that out there in the first place, I say.
0: I agree with you totally.
1: What about this Absolutely. one? What about the one kid here? Uh, is his name? the, the, the Penn tyke, State Hayes. Kid, tyke, tyke Hayes. Tyke Hayes. Who they say has been at Aliquippa or he started in Aliquippa when he was, well, when he was a Tyke, no pun intended.
2: But I had him when he was nine years old. He, why he, is he considered <laughs> a
1: transfer? I have no idea. None. He's been in Aliquippa his whole life. Did he leave and come back? No. Okay. well, if that's the case, then again, and I know they're not going to a court of law here, whatever court they're going to, probably the kangaroo court of the PIAA, I would point to that and to the number 23 and say, get the hell out of here. You're not hearing anything and we're going to stay where we are. What a joke. Unless I hear differently. Thank you, sir. Sean, do you agree with me? Yeah, again, the the whole
3: idea that this is... what should be a 2A school based on the next cycle. And, and people have mentioned they have a roster of, you know, high 30s, maybe 40 kids going against teams that might have 90 or right. 100 kids on the roster. Yeah. Now that's happened to some extent in 4A, but it seems like the gap widens even further in roster size when they move up to 5A. They mentioned safety, but it's just really not fair whatsoever that, that they're going to potentially have to go against schools that are, what, three times the enrollment size in terms of the boy population?
1: What do you think of teams moving down in classification? Did Butler not do that?
3: Butler left the WPIAL as many other teams have, because they were struggling so much that they went independent. So a lot of the Fayette County teams have left Uniontown, Albert Gallatin. They weren't dropping down. And because of that, if they had to play in, let's say, 5A and went 0-10 every year, they said, why are we doing this? Let's go play independent and pick our opponents, and we can choose some easier games or maybe more equal playing ground. So that's another issue that it feels like teams are not good enough to play in classifications that they're chosen to, and they don't want to have a, a, a senior group never win a game. So mm. they're trying to find alternatives to that. And what Butler, do you think of that? To me, it's it's tough to try to sell kids to play for a team that's so bad that I think what you're going to have is if, let's say, Butler, for instance, goes 0 40 over a four year span kids that are in eighth grade they might want to transfer somewhere else because they don't want to be part of that so it is tough people say well you just have to see it through and figure out a way to become competitive but in some districts the the facilities things of that nature they don't have the resources to potentially compete against other schools that have similar enrollments yeah, so
1: I, you know if you have a certain enrollment I, I think i'm in that category of either find a way or just don't play football Right, and if that means taking your lumps, if it means taking your lumps for many years, well, that's life. Yeah, and this again, is, they, this they is, see this it is like the classification that you're in.
3: I I can tell you, hockey is a little bit different. Now, that's not the PIAA and the WPIAL, right. but they do move up and down. Where enrollment is part of it, but success or lack of success yeah. is also part of that equation.
1: Yeah, these things, these things, the way that they're measured are often very murky. I was the fifth and sixth grade girls basketball coach for example at the school formerly known as our lady of grace and we had 15 girls not 15 basketball players 15 girls in the fifth and sixth grade and we were still forced to play in the highest classification thanks pat from the diocese we were still forced to play in the highest classification So we're playing these schools that have, you know, five times, 10 times as many people. Luckily, five of the girls or six or seven, something like that within those 15 played basketball. So I guess the, the, you know, the, the criterion was how many students or how many girls do you have in your whole school? Oh, okay. That's fine. But what about in, in my particular classification of fifth and sixth grade, what are we doing here? By the way, Sean, I coached girls junior high basketball way back when at Butler Junior High School. They had an unbelievable uh, gym there. It's like the one in Lawrenceville. The, is it the Lyceum? That legendary yeah. place? Is that what it's called?
3: I'll take your word for it.
1: Uh, where you watch the game from up above. So you're playing in a pit. You know what I mean? And the fans are, are way above, circled around the, the, the court. It's unbelievable. I love those gyms. We were horrible. We were winless my first year. And then early in my second year, we went up to Fox Chapel. I think it was Dorseyville Junior High. Does that ring a bell?
3: Yeah, that's in Fox Chapel.
1: And we beat them. Beth Rutkowski on a loose ball. We were down 13 to 12. Took a shot. Ball hit the floor. Beth reached down and just threw it up at the rim, and it went in. I was like Valvano after they upset Houston running around, not knowing who to hug. We finally won a game. And if you're still out there, Beth Ritkowski, it's one of the greatest wins of all time. I thought
3: you were going to say you drew up this exquisite out-of-bounds play <laughs> no, at the, at the did, end of regulation.
1: That did not happen. That absolutely did not happen. Somebody tossed up a shot, that, I, and I, I know every detail of this. It hit the front of the rim and went all the way down to the floor. Nobody grabbed the rebound in the air. She, like, in one motion, went down, picked it up, and just threw it and it went in. I still can't believe it all these years later. I don't know what this has to do with anything except that I think people are jealous of aliquippa and I think if if these reports are true that that transfer number isn't even close and that this one kid as an example has been there his whole life then shame on the PIAA for putting numbers out there that would have people look at them and then not look into it. And man, this is a common trick these days just put out a bunch of crap and have people look at it and believe it and then leave thinking to themselves, Ah, if 23 transfers, 23 people come in and play, what do you expect? Of course you're going to win. It discredits Aliquipa. So again, if true that those numbers are grossly inflated, then shame on the PIAA. And just based on that, they shouldn't even be able to bring a case uh, against or for Aliquippa to move up. Shouldn't even be able to bring it just so egregiously wrong and misrepresenting them that they that that the whole thing should be thrown out.
3: And again, I think I don't know the details for this particular scenario, but all transfers are not created equal. Uh, obviously, there's some that it, it does seem like there's some intent athletically. And of course, that can be flagged and they have so many rulings and hearings on that. But there's plenty of other transfers where that is. Just necessity out of family life, and I think that that's probably the case
1: for for many of them that have happened over the years in Aliquippa. You know who's definitely not a transfer? A kid who has spent his whole life in the same school district. Now, again, if I'm if if that's not the case, I'll gladly take it back. But it's we had someone sure, who sure coached him that
3: said that is the case. <laughs> yes, so I mean, again, the only thing I could think of is maybe he left for even a half a year or something okay, like that.
1: So but, he, if he has family in Aliquippa, he can't come back.
3: Yeah, it, that, that to me would not constitute a transfer. But if they have a cut and dry rule, it does seem like if they went over every you know, you school with a fine tooth comb like yeah. this, they will find exactly. other ones.
1: I usually don't delve into high school sports matters, but I think the savvy old news sound might be on this case next week for the Post-Gazette. I think I might write about this next week.
3: You and George Guido can tackle it together, maybe.
1: You think anybody from the PIAA will take a call?
3: Uh, Yeah, but you'll probably just get a... A pretty vague, generic cookie-cutter statement, I would imagine.
1: Do they have offices? Can I drive there and knock on their yeah, office? Yeah, I
3: think it's um, it's kind of middle of the state. It's not too far from Hershey, which for many years is where the football and basketball Who's the executive were. director these days? Uh, I think, is it Mr.
1: Lombardi? All right. Thank you, Sean. Let's get back into the Steelers. Listen, I've been promising this. You know what? I'm just going to get into the pit news for a second. I can't keep elongating this tease. People at the end of the season who were telling us, opining on this show that Pitt was fine at quarterback, uh, my response to them at the time was, no, they're not. They're not close to fine. And if you want to get back to being uh, a relevant program, you better get a really good player at the most important position on the field. I'm not saying either Vayer or Yarnell won't be good players, but come on. Come on. So news comes along here. That Alabama quarterback Eli Holstein entered the transfer portal. This is Noah Hiles from the Post Gazette. After his team lost to Michigan in the Rose Bowl, uh, Chris Peak of Panther Lair reporting Holstein flew into Pittsburgh Thursday evening for an official visit. Post Gazette confirmed, number nine overall quarterback in the class of 2023, six four two forty. Obviously, no guarantees but give me that guy and credit to Pitt and Pat Narduzzi for realizing that they weren't all set at the quarterback position. You, you would, would have had to be nuts to think that they were. And even if even if you were confident or, or optimistic about what you had, why would that preclude you from going out and looking at a top 10 prospect from the previous year? This is fantastic, Sean, in my not-so-humble opinion. Yeah,
3: they have gotten some pretty highly acclaimed quarterbacks in terms of what they were as recruits, but typically with Pitt, they've gotten guys after they sort of already flamed out at another location. This would be a little bit different because this player is just one year into his career and I don't think saw any time. So you're getting kind of a yeah. a piece of clay to some extent that you could mold. Do it.
1: What time is it? Yeah, we're drifting along here a little bit. We've gone over the uh over the deadline. Fan Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Fan Text Line, brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And the Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh-trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. You can listen to Cook & Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle In Cranberry, contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the the 93.7thefan.com contesting page. All right. NFL, regular season. What a weekend. This is the way they design it. There's all kinds of things going on. Your job might be to determine who's playing who, who's sitting who, and where are the best bets. Well, we talked about Buffalo going into Miami. They tend to roll up yardage there, and Miami's hurting. Might be a good bet. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose. Live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explorer tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays. Visit fanduel.com slash Starkey and make your first bet a layup. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.